name is Patrick McGillivray, and I'm an experienced marathoner, ultra runner, sports nutritionist, master life coach, and weight loss coach for runners. I've dedicated my life to helping runners just like you properly fuel your body and your mind so you can get leaner, get stronger, run faster, and run longer than you ever thought possible. This is Running Lean. Hey there, and welcome to episode 181 of Running Lean. My name is Patrick McGillivray, the weight loss coach for runners, and today, Ultramarathon Redemption with Pete Kagan. So today I have a special treat for you. I'm sharing a candid conversation I recently had with Pete Kagan. Pete is one of my clients who's had a pretty remarkable transformation over the last six months or so. Before finding me, Pete was training for an ultramarathon and found himself gaining quite a bit of weight and ended up getting a DNF so he did not finish his first 50K attempt and was determined to try again and succeed. So he's gonna share his story of changing his diet, getting fat adapted, the things he struggled with along the way, losing weight, and then attempting that same 50K again. I hope you enjoy this episode of Ultramarathon Redemption with Pete Kagan. His story is truly inspiring. But first, if you're ready to learn what it takes to get leaner and stronger, run faster and longer than you ever imagined, then I have just the thing for you. Check out my all new free training called Five Simple Steps to Becoming a Leaner, Stronger Runner. This comprehensive training will teach you how to lose weight and keep it off for good without running an extra million miles per week. It takes everything I've been teaching on this podcast for the last three years or so and distills it down into an hour-long training program to teach you everything you need to know to get started on your weight loss journey the right way. And it's all designed with you, the runner, in mind. Just go to runningleancoaching.com, click on free training to get started. Okay, let's just get into it. Without further ado, please enjoy my recent conversation with Pete Kagan. Okay, so today we're having a conversation, uh, me and Pete. Uh, Pete Kagan has been working with me for a period of time now and has experienced some pretty amazing stuff, some pretty amazing transformations, and I want to talk about that. So welcome, Pete. Thank you. Good to be here, Patrick. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so give me an idea of you know, what things were like for you before we started working together. So think back to that time. It's been a while now. I guess it was back in probably October, September, October of last year. And you needed some help with some things and you had some goals. So just give me an idea, kind of a little bit of a snapshot of where you were at that time and what you were looking for, some help with, what your goals were at that time. Sure. Uh, It was September of 2022 and I was feeling frustrated. I was 30 pounds more than I am now. My running had slowed down to uh, crawl. Uh, I had done a half marathon trail run the fall of 21. It went great. Started training the spring of 22 for a 50K. Took the advice of my cousin to eat a lot of carbs and load and just eat whatever you want and run a lot. And I did that and I gained about 20 pounds and attempted my 50K in the spring of 2022. I got taken off the course in mile 10 by the sweepers. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Mumbled and grumbled for a few months and then uh, 
heard your podcast a bunch of times and uh, decided to get in touch. So that that uh, experience of training for that first ultra marathon and eating all the what I'll just call like garbage, right? All the junk food or whatever led to 20 pounds of weight gain. Yeah, I gained 20 pounds and slowed down. My endurance was really good. I was so slow and it was brutal. Everything was difficult. Yeah, and it's crazy because we're told, um, at least by traditional coaches and, you know, this is, you know, long-standing principles, I guess, of, of running that you need all these carbs, but some of us are a little more sensitive than others to them and they have an adverse effect. And even training for an ultra marathon isn't going to undo kind of what your experience was of loading up on all those carbs and, um, and you can't outrun that bad diet as I've heard before. Right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I was doing long runs over 20 miles and, uh, still gaining weight. And they're probably running 40 miles a week for that entire time and gaining weight. So it was very strange. What was going on? And I was legitimately hungry. I wasn't like, I felt hungry. It was yeah. false signals and I was listening. Yeah. And then you, you uh, attempted this 50K and you said around mile 10, you got taken off the course because you didn't make a cutoff. Yeah, there was a cutoff and the sweepers came and the race director said come on get in the bus and i was like no way and he's like well you can keep going but you're not part of the race anymore if you want to keep going and this is very backcountry vermont so i was i think wise and got in the bus and uh i was really mad at the guy for like months like i was like telling all my friends they took me off the land whining and finally it hit me like maybe he was right like maybe i would have gotten hurt not made it um so that's when I recommitted and uh, called you. Okay, so you were 30 pounds overweight at the time, or 30 pounds heavier than you are now. You were uh, frustrated, it uh, sounds like, from not being able to finish this event that you trained for. You're probably frustrated that you gained all that weight in the process. Um, so give me an idea of what some of the goals were of when you, when you wanted to, you know, start working with me and like why you came to me and like, what is it that you wanted out of that coaching experience? What did you need help with? Well, I needed to get help because I couldn't figure it out. I, I was eating, I thought well, and I was working out a lot. Um, so I wanted to initially lose 20 pounds and try to do the same race again and finish. Be successful. Mm -hmm. That was my initial goal when I uh, joined up with you. So those were the big goals is lose 20 pounds and then do this race and, and redeem yourself, essentially, <laughs> you know, exactly. not exactly. be taken off the course or suggested to be taken off the course. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Avoid the okay, good. So you committed to those goals. We started kind of changing some things. So what was that process like for you at the beginning? Like what were some of the changes that, that seemed to help you the most at the beginning, especially? Uh, I think getting off grains, sugar, and seed oils was really the beginning and, and uh, start to be more conscious of what I was eating. So I started to journal food and I started to eat in a, a window, you know, like I was doing 16 hours a day, not eating eight hours a day eating. Mm -hmm. So um, that was really the biggest change and it's really not easy. 
I mean, it was extremely difficult for the, for me, it was about two weeks of uh, discomfort, but it wasn't miserable. It was just a little cranky, a little hungry. I was very, even slower as a runner. I felt like I was carrying a bag of rocks on my back. <laughs> how many times a day were you eating before? Like how often during the day were you eating prior to this? Oh, seven. I don't know. Yeah. Just like constantly eating all the time. Well, I, I usually would like wake up, have some coffee, hang out, have a bowl of oatmeal, maybe wait an hour, go for a run, get back, uh, you know, have a protein bar, work a couple hours more, uh, lunch, pretty good, maybe a salad with chicken, uh, maybe some rice. Uh, Mid-afternoon, I'd be back at it with some more food, whatever, nuts, bag of nuts, maybe more bars or something. Hmm. And then before dinner, probably snacking a bit on whatever chips. I was pretty healthy. Like I was shopping at the health food store. I was eating good foods, but then dinner could be like anything. I mean, it could be anything. It could be a bowl of pasta with, you know, fish or whatever. It was a lot of carbs. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of carbs. You're and no window, you know, I was eating at least like 14 hours a day. Yeah. So you're describing what I've talked about in the past, which is that typical runner's diet, which is just eating all the time because you're hungry all the time and you're eating all the carbs all the time. And when you're eating all the carbs all the time, that makes you more hungry. So you just got to keep eating the carbs so you can keep satisfying that hunger. But the satisfaction never comes and you end up doing a couple things. Number one, a lot of that energy that you're taking in, a lot of the food that you're taking in gets converted to fat stores. And you, you recognize that from gaining 20 pounds during this process. The other thing oh is that you're never feeling really satisfied. You're always hungry, you know? And the only thing that your, your body, you've, you've trained your body essentially to crave more carbs. You know, the body will crave what you, continually give it what you what you repeatedly do and so when you repeatedly eat carbs you're just going to be craving more and more and more carbs and that is a really kind of a, a downward spiral right it's a cycle that you can't get out of you can well, never get out of that there a little bit like i was and i was working out i mean i was working out a lot like i was doing crossfit three or four times a week i was running four days a week and I was stretching every day and my work is active. So I, you know, I was working out and feeling like when I did eat the carbs, I was like, okay, good. I'm good to go. And I'd have like an hour of, I don't know what it is, sugar rush, but then the hunger would come quickly, you know? And I realized now I wasn't real hunger, but it felt like hunger. Yeah. Well, it feels great eating that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it feels amazing because it lights you up. You know, it, it hits those dopamine receptors in your brain and produces serotonin and, you know, all the all the good feeling hormones and things like that. It's very similar to the way drugs and alcohol light up our brains. You know, they've done all these studies on the poor little rats who, you know, they make them take all this cocaine and sugar and things like that. And the rats kind of prefer the sugar to the cocaine because it just feels so amazing. So... Even the rats will choose carbs over cocaine. <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny, um, but yeah. So that that whole uh, process is maybe okay for some people. Like what you just described there is the way a lot of people approach running, especially when you're doing ultras. My cousin who recommended it. He's thin. He eats like that. He came in third on the fifty miler on the same event, and he was like, "Wasn't that great?" Yeah. 
was it? It's just a different. I don't know. Yeah, and I and I followed a bunch of uh, ultra runners early in my running career, and and they were doing the same thing. And I was like, well, I guess this is what I need to do. And I had the same experience you did, Pete, where I just kept gaining weight until I was like forty pounds overweight and like what is happening here you know so that doesn't work for everybody and if you're somebody listening to this and you're like yeah that's my experience too just know that you can change like you don't have to keep doing that and being in that cycle that frustrating cycle of like eating all the carbs being hungry all the time getting fatter and fatter as you go like that's not a good place to be it's not healthy it's just not you know and so you know, the solution is not to just, you know, never eat another grain or carb again in your life. That's not what we're talking about here. So what did that sort of diet look like for you, you know, at the beginning, at least, Pete? Well, I would drink coffee. I started to use heavy cream in my coffee, which I always avoided because that was like taboo. And I love the taste. So I could put a couple of tablespoons of heavy cream in my coffee in the morning and feel like good. Um, so that would usually be the morning combined with a fasted workout. And I was at first struggling with that, the fasted workouts. Mm -hmm. But within a couple of weeks, it was better, actually, uh, surprisingly. Even the lifting and CrossFit was better. Um, and then I would wait till noon, generally, to eat. And what it would look like was um, a nice serving of protein. It could be like 12 ounces of fish or chick usually fish or chicken. Uh, with a big salad, no starchy vegetables, but a big salad with olive oil, salt and pepper. Um, very satisfying. Um, so I did, I would do that. And then at first I was really struggling getting from lunch to dinner, like to get from noon to six for me, cause I'm pretty active. Mm -hmm. It was hard. And I did that for a while, but I was constantly like kind of freaking out. So I, I added a protein shake mid-afternoon, oh, like a whey protein. And if I'm really hungry, I might eat some nuts, but not a lot. Um, and uh, then dinner would generally be another big serving of protein and not salad, more like a cauliflower, broccoli. I could use cheese. I was using a lot of coconut oil. I mean, I still am. Uh, dairy, but not crazy amounts. Um, a lot of coconut oil, a lot of olive oil, a lot of avocado oil. And, um, you know, I could eat a big serving of protein. Like I could eat a 16 ounce steak, which I love. And I got into blue cheese, which I have to be careful about, but it's, I love it so much. And it's so satisfying. And I kind of can't eat anything after I eat blue cheese. It's so overwhelming. Mm -hmm. so I'll eat that. And then if I was really craving a dessert type food you know i have some berries like blueberries on greek yogurt maybe with some stevia and cocoa powder had the feeling of like ice cream very satisfying and high protein but often nothing like i don't the sugar thing is much better you know if i hit any fruit it'll be like berries maybe an apple mm -hmm. not even really it's, you know it's not a big part of my diet yeah so for you a couple of the changes just to kind of recap here, you went from eating seven times a day to eating, you know, two or three times a day, which is normal. That's kind of what normal uh, human eating patterns <laughs> should look like. You know what I mean? We shouldn't be eating seven times a day. Because when you do that, you, you just train yourself that you're gonna be hungry all the time, you know, especially if you're eating a lot of carbs in those meals. Um, 
So when you switch to eating a couple times a day, two, three times a day, your body will naturally switch to being hungry those two or three times a day, which becomes normal. And then it becomes very easy to only eat a couple times a day. So you made that change, which is great. It was a little bit of a struggle at the beginning, but you got used to it, you know? Um, cool. And do you enjoy eating that way today still? Well, the thing I love is the high fat, high protein, because I avoided fats like the plague for so many years. And it's really some of my favorite foods. Mm. So I love that aspect of it. Um, you know, now that I'm fat adapted, I do eat carbs sometimes. Yeah. And it's not a big deal. I mean, I do notice like the day after I have to clean up a little bit. But I don't, if I eat carbs once a week, if I have sweet potatoes or something, I'm generally, I don't want to do the next day. I'm like, yeah. maybe I'm loaded up or something. So it's not even that big a deal. Yeah. And so we're not talking about like, birthday cake every week or something like that. It's just, it's some sweet potatoes. Like it's fine. You know. <laughs> Honestly, the sweet, sweet stuff. I have a bite sometimes. It's so overwhelming. I don't really enjoy it like I, at all. Like I used to. Yeah. I don't even really, oh, barely. Once in a blue moon, like I ate a marshmallow. I was like, whoa. I'm so sensitive now to the sugar. I didn't realize how strong it was. Yeah. So your palate has shifted. That's good. That's a good sign. Yeah. And I, you know, and I really enjoy eating what I'm eating. It's almost a relief, mm -hmm. honestly. Uh, another big change was focusing on more protein, right? Big one, yeah. I've been keeping track. I use uh, an app on my phone, right? I don't do it all the time, but uh, entering my food, doing a journal, it shows me the protein mm -hmm. I'm getting. And uh, I'm trying to get almost a gram per pound of body weight because I'm so active. I'm training for another 50K. I think that's, that's about a good place to be, yeah. And the macros are significantly different. It's like 60, 30, 10, usually fat to protein to okay. carb. Yeah, like 60% uh, fat, 30% protein, 10% carbs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's different for everybody. But, you know, if that works for you, awesome. Yeah. yeah so you focused right. on more protein, not eating all the time. And, you know, what were some of the results of that? Or like, how did you feel through the day? Did your hunger start to like go down? Yeah, after two weeks, it was way better. And then the hunger went down, but it wasn't gone. I also learned a lot working with you and the group about hunger and like, whatever. Like, it's not the end of the world. You're hungry. And usually it goes away in like 10 minutes. It's not that big a deal. So yeah. one of the interesting things for me is my life really shifted in a lot of ways away from, other than food and running, which is I got way more motivated on what I do. And I started working harder and sleeping less, which was a very unexpected side effect of all this. Like I was sleeping a solid hour to two hours more than a night than I do now. Okay, so you're sleeping less, but are, how's the quality like, of sleep? Yeah, I'm sleeping a lot less and my quality of sleep is better. Um, so that was an interesting thing that I didn't, uh, I wasn't planning on, which is great. I feel way more energy. Okay, good. Yeah, typically people would say that they need more sleep or they sleep longer when they get off of the, the crazy foods. But you're saying you're sleeping less, but it's positive change, right? Yeah, I would say maybe at the beginning I was sleeping more, but after I feel like I cleaned out and lost some weight, I, I, just, I was sleeping eight to nine hours a night and now it's like seven. Okay, gotcha. So probably more in line with where you should be then. Okay. So. Yeah. No, that's cool. Good. That's good. So what, what else was your 
experience during this process of like shifting your diet, what you're eating, how often you're eating, up in the protein, all those things. What was, what, or was there anything that you really struggled with, you know, during that transition? Yeah, yeah, there were some things I struggled with. I mean, I was very moody. I had to not be a jerk to my mate, my wife, yeah. very tall. I definitely was cranky for a while. Um, so that was hard. And then, like, I just had to deal with myself more, uh, my emotions, mm-hmm. the reality of it. And uh, the accountability with you and with the group just made me be like, no, I really want to lose a pound this week. Like, I don't want to gain this week. And I would have moments, usually at night in front of the fridge, where I'd have to be like, don't do it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there were moments. So the struggle was really like dealing with my emotions. Like if I had a really stressful day, like figuring out other ways to, to deal with it. Yeah. How long did that like cranky pants, uh, last? Probably like a month. I mean, it still happens occasionally, like in the morning, if I'm waiting till noon to eat, I got it, but I've learned how to, it's usually if I'm not, if I haven't worked out really, um, I find I can do a fasted workout and then feel great. It doesn't happen. But if I, end up like waking up, having some coffee and ending up at a desk for two or three hours. I'll get like, like edgy. So yeah, not- that sounds like it's probably from lack of exercise. Cause you didn't get your endorphin rush that you're used to in the morning, you know? Exactly. Um, so, but that crankiness at the beginning, whenever we get off of a really high carbohydrate diet, it is basically like withdrawal symptoms. It's one of the the symptoms of withdrawal from uh, like a sugar addiction, you know? And it's the same, it it rep, you know, kind of uh, shows up the same way that when you stop drinking alcohol or doing drugs or something like that, it it can have the same sort of withdrawal effects, which is crazy to think about. That sugar has that's kind of an effect on us. Right. It's so accepted that we eat tons of carbs all the time. Maybe that's not how our bodies function best, but that's how we were brought up. So mm-hmm. you think yeah, you're supposed to eat breakfast or you're bad. Like maybe you're fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, that whole idea that breakfast is the most important meal of the day, that's just a marketing tactic. You know, that was made up by the cereal companies like Kellogg's or someone made that up. You right. Know? You can still have breakfast, but have breakfast at 11. Like yeah. it's okay. Your first meal can be your break bacon and eggs. Yeah, eat some protein at that first meal for sure. Okay, so you went through this process. You got fat adapted, which just means that you, you know, were running without the need for all the carbs, without the need for a bunch of fuel. And you trained yourself to use your stored body fat as fuel. And I'm guessing through this process, you started losing weight as well, right? Yeah, it started to come off uh, probably two pounds a week at the beginning. Nice. Uh, a lot at the beginning. Um, yeah, I started to lose significant weight. And that's always really great to see. To start to, once the first person notices and your clothes fit, that's a big moment. Yeah. Where you're like, what are you doing this, you know? Well, it's motivating and it like keeps you going because you're seeing progress. I mean, you can literally see the progress happening and it keeps you yeah, in the game. Yeah, like five weeks, I had lost like 10 pounds or something. And uh, yeah, first person was like, P, okay. thank you. And then, you know, I'd like to think I don't have a big ego, but it really feels good. 
you know, your clothes fit. It's, it starts to be like actually fun because the diet, once I got fat adapted, was not difficult for me. It was in many ways a pleasure because I was eating the fats, which I stayed away from. Mm-hmm. The running started to get better quickly too. So, you know, you think now, put on a 10 pound pack and go for a run. Like, that's enough to make a big difference. Mm-hmm. The first 10 pounds, it's like, wow. I'll say now I feel like free. Like I'm back to running, like bouncing. Like I've been running in the woods and just fly around. It's incredible. Nice. I've forgotten that a little bit. Like I kind of had it in my memory, but it wasn't. It's been a few years since I had felt that. So now it's back and it's just, it's incredible. Well, you get used to it. You know, you get used to being overweight. You get used to carrying around an extra 30 pounds or whatever. And until you lose the weight again, it's like, oh, now I see what I was carrying around. You know, I had that experience too some years ago, lost 40 pounds, and and it was literally like running just became so easy. It was so much more enjoyable. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then you started training. So let's talk about that a little bit. So you decided you're going to conquer this 50K, the same one, same race. And, but this time there's no way you're going to DNF. So, um, talk about the training a little bit with that. Like what, what, what was that like for you? Sure. Uh, all fall I was doing three runs a week, kind of short, medium, long, but not on a structured plan, uh, but just keeping my fitness up and losing weight. And then I started, I think an 18 week training cycle in maybe beginning of February that you helped me design that was uh, four to five days a week of running. Um, and I was doing strength training two days a week, which often ended up once a week. But I was hitting it hard. Like I was getting a lot of miles on the trail. And where I live is in the mountains in upstate New York. So I was dealing with running in the snow and the ice and very cold temperatures. And I was getting up in the mountains, which means carrying a 15-pound pack and wearing spikes. So it was very challenging in February and March, but I got the miles in. I didn't miss many runs. Um, and I was getting losing weight. I wasn't as light as I am now, but I was probably down 20 pounds at that point. Um, and feeling good, you know, struggles. I had definitely a lot of struggles through the 18 week training cycle. I had two injuries um, that weren't really injuries, they were just pain, which was. A good thing for me to understand and notice that just because you're hurt doesn't mean you're injured. That's a big difference that I didn't quite understand fully until this training cycle. One day I finished a 20-mile run, which included a lot of concrete running, running shoes, which I don't do. I mostly do trails. I woke up the next day and there was like a pee on the top of my first metatarsal. Like it looked like I had broken my metatarsal. It hurt. I couldn't walk. So I was just like, oh, I'm so screwed. So I iced it and I hobbled around for a few days. And then like after like five days, I got back to like jogging lightly. Didn't really hurt. And then by the next week, I was back at it 100%. Just the joys of running, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So that was a good lesson. Uh, And then I played golf like four weeks out from my event. And I hurt my neck and I couldn't move. And I was like, that was so dumb. Um, So that put me down for like, over a week of no running in when I was in my peak phase and I was really scared at that point. Like I blew it. Like, I can't believe I hurt myself at the end. 
Um, but again, you helped me to see like, you know, you've banked a lot of fitness here. Like don't sweat it. Like you'll be okay. And then I got back. I did one more long run after that. I did my race was 32 miles. I went out and did like a 25 mile run with maybe 4,700 feet of gain in the mountains. It was a big deal. And I did it. And I was like, all right, I got this. Um, so yeah, then the last few weeks just took it easy as I was supposed to, which was a challenge into it, unto itself to taper. Uh, but yeah, that was the training cycle. It was, um, it was challenging in many ways. It was hard to make the time, my long runs, because I'm in the mountains could be like an eight hour day. So it was challenging to just be like, all right, family, I'm leaving. I'll see you tonight. <laughs> so <laughs> how, I had how was this training different from the, your approach last year when you were going for the same event? I didn't do nearly as many miles or as many runs last year. I was doing three days a week. I would do like a short run, a medium run, and a long run. But my longest run last year was 21 before the race, before the 32 mile race. And my, you know, I had done a few like 15 to 18s okay. as well, but like really slow with way more walking than I did this time. So more volume and um, a few longer runs. Yes. But more, more volume overall for sure. More miles for sure and more frequency. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the biggest things for an event like that because you are going to be on your feet for so long. You gotta, you gotta make sure you are putting in the time, like you time on your feet, you know, and increasing the the amount of running that you're doing per week has to go up pretty high to get you there. So good, good job with all that. Thank you. So the race comes, and um, where were you at? Um, give us a snapshot of where you were, like for the race itself um like from what was your kind of weight loss at that point how much had you lost you know come race day i got to 30 pounds down okay beautiful uh, and you know uh, for whatever it's worth if you care about body composition it was like i was at 18 percent. awesome body. yeah no that's great um you mean you want me to tell you about the event or yeah 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 just like how was it for you it was brutal <laughs> <laughs> the hardest thing i've ever done uh and it was the most amazing thing i've ever done uh i totally had a many many times in the week leading up to it where i thought maybe i was gonna chicken out really uh, okay i just have like weird thoughts like oh maybe this isn't for you you're gonna hurt yourself uh, every ghost came up into my mind of trying to get me to not do it. It was like the one side's the angel, the other side's evil and like telling me not to do it. Uh, but I, I was like, just go, you're going. I made the hotel reservation. The race is about three hours from me. So I got a hotel the night before and the night of the race. So Friday and Saturday night. Um, I went and I did some research on the race director, Luis Escobar. You can look him up. He's one of the guys in Born to Run. The guy I had been cursing the year before. Oh, yeah, cool. So I was like, oh, this guy's like legitimate. Like, come on, Pete, like, get over yourself. So I went the day before, Friday night, to get my race bib, and I hung out. Like, at the starting line, because the 100 mile distance was starting that night. So I like spent like an hour there with him and all the other race directors, the co race directors who were also well known ultra runners so i like really spent time with them chatted lewis was like man it's so great you came back you look good you're gonna do great 
So that was cool because it gave me like a vibe of the race and it's a Spartan race and it's a really friendly environment. There were 300 participants. So I spent some time with the people picking up their badges. I just tried to get into like the vibe of what was going on. It's gorgeous place. It's um, the guy who started Spartan to Siena, the Senna, I don't remember his name. It was his home course in beautiful Vermont mountains. So I really enjoyed that. And I went home, I had packed all my food, which was smart. Last year, I'd gone out to a restaurant and gotten like, I don't even know, like a bowl of cheesy fries for dinner. It was horrible. <laughs> so I had like my two purple sweet potatoes and uh, like a little chicken, some salad, ate my dinner. I had my race vest packed the night before, which I highly recommend for anybody. So you're not nervous in the morning packing. I woke up super early. Race time was 7. I got up at 4.30. Um, just like took my time, got my stuff together, got to the starting line by six, hung out with everybody. Like it's a really good camaraderie at, the, at these things. Spent time, people are nervous talking, you know, people are doing the 50 mile, the hundred miles have been going now for 14 hours. So they're still going. Um, and then went out, it was like in the front of the pack. Like I went out hot, like probably too hot, really maybe in retrospect. Um, so I kind of crushed the first 10 miles. I did. I was really fast for me, which was also the, the race is 6,500 feet a game, 32 miles. So, you know, it's significant. Legit, yeah. It was a lot. And a lot of it was bushwhacking, like difficult terrain where there's puddles of mud and very little trail. Um, but the first 10 miles was generally, well, nice trails up and down a couple mountains. Got to the first checkpoint where I had been pulled off the year before. And the guys were like, Pete, you're doing great. You're like, you're, you're not at the back of the pack. Good job. So that was cool. Uh, mile 10 to mile 15 was up and over a huge mountain. Very difficult. Extremely difficult. But I did all this generally fasted. I only had, I had that's not true. I had about 200 calories an hour. Yeah, I, was, I had that's... to move down. Uh, but I felt great. I felt fine. Up and down this big mountain was cool. I was okay, but I was definitely not as fast. And then there was a checkpoint. It was like a party. Like they had like barbecue and beer and like music cranking. And I maybe made a mistake and had two sips of beer. And I was like, this is bad. Don't do it. <laughs> and then mile, so they had a cutoff. You had to get to mile 22 by 3 p.m., which was eight hours. And he, at the beginning of the race, he stood up on a table and he said, does anyone disagree that if you're not a mile 22, I'm taking you off the course? Nobody said anything. He shouted it. So everyone understood. So now miles like 15 to 22, up and down many mountains at this point. It's 15, it was little mountains, but up and down a few. If something happened, I started to slow down significantly. But I did not stop. Like I didn't stop and I didn't sit down. I sat down once the whole race just to change my socks. Like I was relentless. For me, relentless forward progress, zone four the majority of the time, which sounds crazy, but somehow my body held up. So anyway, 15 to 22, I was slow. Like things were falling apart a little bit. Kept going. I got to 22 and it was seven and a half hours. And I'm like, pop my chest is popped up. <laughs> and now there's a bus already filled with people who are calling it a day. Even though they made the cutoff, the next... The 22 to 32 is extremely difficult. 22 to 28 is extremely difficult. 
So a bunch of people had quit and then like, all right, Pete, you're done, right? You want to get on the bus? We'll take you back. And I was like, no way. There's zero chance I'm getting on your bus. Goodbye, I'm leaving. And they were like, all right. So I took off um, and now I'm going up and down three mountains, mile 22 to mile 29, alone in the woods. The sweepers are behind me, but they're not in sight. They're back. Um, and I just started to lose my mind. Like I was having a very, very hard time functioning. My body was like leaning left. I kept on drifting left. I didn't know what was going on. I was like, Am I, did I have a stroke? Am I dying? Like, I didn't really think that, but I was hurting and I didn't know what was going on. But I just kept trudging forward, going as fast as I could. And I got out into back to civilization, which is at mile 29, it's the top of this mountain, but there's houses. So the last three miles is downhill, three miles back to the starting line through country roads. And they had a checkpoint there. And it was 6 p.m. And they said, all right, well, whoever didn't get here by 6, we have to take you down the hill. We got to get in the bus. And I was like, I'm not getting in your bus. I don't care what you do. I'm leaving. Goodbye. And they were like, really? I was like, really? Goodbye. And I took off and I was like holding myself up by my ribs because I couldn't stand up straight. But I was okay. You know, it wasn't, I was okay. And then uh, I passed a guy's house. He comes out of his house. He's like, are you okay? Like you're leaning all the way over. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know if I'm okay. I think I'm okay. And I sat down, hung out with him. He was really cool, an older Vermont guy. And then the sweepers came by in a car and they're like, go pee. You okay? We'll see you at the finish line, right? I was like, yeah, I'm good. They're like, yeah, go, man, go. So I got down to the finish line. I was like within 200 meters. I could see the finish line. I straighten up. I pull my hat up, tuck in my shirt, like act like I got my act together, ran as fast as I could to the finish line, got through. And all those sweepers who were trying to get me off the course were cheering me on. Like, good job. You made it. You made it. We love you, man. Giving me hugs and put the medal on me and said, you're the reason we do this. You're so great. And, uh, I finished in 12 hours and uh, I got a DFL that did not finish last. <laughs> so there was a girl behind me, which was great. And I, so I accomplished my goal. I was so happy. It was like one of the great moments in my life. It was really, really, really good. That's so awesome. And I love your determination of like, you know, nope, no, nothing you can do or say is going to get me into that van at this point. Like I've trained for this. I'm ready for this. I'm doing it. Um, what was the deal with you like leaning to the left? What was that all about? So Lewis at the finish line, first of all, he came up to me. He's like, I'm so happy you did this. I'm so happy you came back. You just show that like perseverance is like can work. And it was, it was cool. And he said, you got the leans, man. He's like, you got the leans. You got to go take care of that. And I was like, what? And I like went to my car and I like freshened up a little bit. And I realized what had happened is that, and I looked it up, and it's a thing that can happen where your core fails and you can't keep your spine upright. And it's not entirely uncommon. Um, so I realized what was going on and I just kind of took it easy. And I went to bed and I woke up, I was fine the next day. It was Mother's Day. It was gone. I was totally fine. Okay. I was able to walk. I wasn't even that sore. It's no big deal. But it's called the leans, I guess, in that community shows you the power of like or the importance of strength training and core strengthening probably would help with that yeah i think so because it was definitely obliques just went maybe doing more that type of work would be helpful 
So what an amazing experience. I mean, super, I mean, it's kind of life-changing, right? You know, it is. And it completely translates to everything else because everything else that feels hard, I'm like, this isn't that hard. And I'm not talking about physical things. I'm talking about like emotional things or work things. You know, struggling to do the stuff I don't want to do is not as big a struggle because it's like, oh, I freaking ran 32 miles. Like, oh, this isn't that big. Yeah, you've proven to yourself that not only can you do hard things, but you can uh, accomplish things that maybe you're not even, maybe you don't even believe in yourself or you're not even sure you can do it, but you can do it anyway. Like you can push yourself out of that comfort zone. And because you're, you know, remember you were talking about how you were having some doubts in those weeks leading up to it and thinking about, you know, pulling out and things like that, but you didn't do any of that. You just kept moving forward and you just stayed with the plan and you trusted your training and look what you did. It's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, I, uh, to have such a long-term goal and to be so persistent and consistent with something and then see the results was a big lesson for me. To mm -hmm. learn. Um, you know, it's, sometimes it's persistence over a long period of time that gets you somewhere. It's not the two week effort. It could be the year effort doing something a lot. Mm -hmm. It's just, things and you know i will say thank you patrick for your guidance and you know what you do is so valuable and like i feel like i went to school honestly on nutrition and fitness and, and in many ways life like i had no idea you could eat like this or, or train like this or be like this it wasn't something that i thought could be for me people used to talk about being keto or eating low carb and i think yeah you're insane um it never seemed possible or appealing. It just seemed like not normal. And now that I've been doing it, I see how, for me at least, it's it's a really good way to be. Yeah, yeah. And just for clarification, like everybody does this a little bit differently. You know, the way that Pete approached his nutrition and training was probably different from everybody else I work with. So there's no two people really doing this exactly the same, which is the way it should be. You know, there isn't one plan, one diet that's going to work perfectly for everybody. Um, I know that's what everybody wants you to believe out there, but it's just not true. So we got to figure out what works for us as individuals. And that's a big part of what Pete and I did is kind of that figuring out process, you know, figuring out the right combination of foods and training and strength training and, and the running to, to um, make these positive changes for you as an individual. It's the only way. Yeah, you were so great with me in terms of like, I'd be like, oh, I'm eating too many nuts. I'm going to, I can't, I'm going, I'm not losing weight. I'm eating all these nuts. And I can't eat nuts. And you would often just be like, why don't you just eat less nuts? <laughs> <laughs> and that was so helpful uh, for me. That was like one of those little tidbits um, to help me to realize that, you know, to do it my, what works for me, but maybe I don't need to be so extreme. Mm-hmm. Find a way to so tell me where you are today with things. Um, how is everything going for you? How are you from like a nutrition standpoint and from like a training standpoint? Uh, yeah, I took the past month. I've been very light training, but I took a week off pretty much, but not even off, just not running a lot or lifting a lot. And then the past three weeks, I've been running three times a week and lifting uh, two to three times a week. And actually, today was day one of a 13-week training cycle. I'm doing another 50K. Oh, heck yeah. Right. So I'm uh, back in the game. And psyched, I'm, I'm way ahead of where I was 
13 weeks out from the last run. That, that being said, I'm humble about this experience. I don't expect this to be easy. I have to do a 20 mile marathon run on Sunday. So that's no joke. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's good. And the nutrition, I, I was a little lax after the race on the food for a couple of weeks, um, but I didn't really gain weight. But now I've been eating really clean and on program for about 10 days and I'm getting down to my lowest ever. We awesome. don't ever, you know, lowest in many, many years. And I'd like to get lower for this race. I see, you know, even just five or 10 pounds less. A leaner will make a big difference to be a little faster. I want to, I mean, I don't expect to compete, but I'd like to be a little faster at this point. So that's one of my goals for this. Cool. And how are you feeling about this next 50K, having just completed this this last one? Feeling a little bit different about this one? You know, in my mind, I'm like, oh, this will be easier, but it's it's not easy. There's nothing easy about this. So I do feel a little differently, but I'm also slightly reserved um, uh, in terms of letting myself feel like this isn't like a big deal because it is a really big deal to do something like this. Again, it's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, out there in the woods all day is a big deal. Yeah, you probably have more confidence, but you also know it's still going to be uh, at some point you're going to enter the pain cave out there, right? <laughs> Cause we all yeah. do. <laughs> this one has no time cut off, which is interesting. Oh yeah. That um, is interesting. It's local. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited. And it's a lot different to train where I live in the summer than in the winter. So I, I, I enjoy the heat. So I'm really actually excited. It's good to be out there in the summer right, where we live, which is, uh, you know, blueberry, wild blueberries and, you know, streams. You can drink water out of it's, it's gorgeous. Heck yeah. That's amazing. Um, and then maintenance, like how's that for you? Are you feeling like that's pretty easy for you to do going forward? Like this has become something that is more natural for you now? Because I know we talked about at the beginning of the process, especially with the change in diet, it was a little bit of a struggle. You know, there was a little bit of a transition period there where you're like, uh, you know, this is kind of hard. I'm a little hungry. I'm a little cranky. You know, I'm a, but now, like, how does all that feel for you? Our maintenance is, feels easy. Uh, maintenance is a non-issue. To get leaner is challenging because mm-hmm. I'm kind of at a point where, like, anyone, most people be like, oh, you look, you look fine. Don't worry um, so, you know, when I get into, like, eating, just try to get leaner, it's a little challenging, but it's, it's okay. Maintenance, though, not hard because I'm eating foods I really like. Yeah. And if intermittent fasting has gotten so easy, that's, like, whatever. We'll that just well. feels normal to you now? Yeah, I don't want to eat after dinner, and in the morning I don't want to eat. So, yeah. you know, occasionally I'll make the window fourteen hours instead of sixteen. That's not hard. Yeah, definitely. So, not bad. Yeah, one of the goals is that by this point of the process, this should all feel easy and effortless. It just should feel normal for you. Yeah, like, it feels normal. And I don't have to talk about it with people anymore. <laughs> I don't have to make a big deal. I don't have to do. If I go to a restaurant, I can like whisper in. The, Waiters here, keto, they know exactly what to do. You know, no low carb, no carbs, no no problem. I don't even talk about it with people anymore. I used to talk about it a lot. Now it's like whatever. So yeah. it's just you really care what I eat. So it's a lot easier in many ways. That was a big hard thing at first, which is now not. Yeah, yeah. And then you mentioned something which is like the maintenance is easy once you get used to this. 
but then if you're like, okay, I want to, I want to lose a few pounds here, you know, I want to get down to a little bit lower weight. That's easy to do too. It just takes a little bit more discipline, a little bit more. You got to be a little stricter about what you're doing. So sometimes I recommend to journal food again, you know, or track your macros again for a couple of weeks, you know, just to get you to that place where you're like, okay, now I'm, you know, kind of recommit. I know what I'm doing and, uh, I can start to make some incremental changes here. Um, because it doesn't take much to dial the weight down, you know, sometimes it's just cutting back on the amount of food you're eating, you know, and, and, you know, and just something as simple as that. Yeah. It is a small margin between gaining and maintaining and a small margin between maintaining. Yeah. And it's possible while you're training for an event like this, uh, especially at the beginning of the training cycle, it's a little bit easier to do to, to lose weight. Like you can, you can lose weight while you're training for sure. I don't recommend it as you're getting into that last half of the training cycle. Like the, you know, as your race is approaching, you don't want to be focused on losing weight. You just want to be like maintaining and focused on running and improving your performance and doing all the things, you know, and, and not be stressed out about trying to lose. Um, but it's possible. It's possible to do that. Great. One other thing I just want to say before we wrap up is, um, it was a big step for me to take to decide to get in touch with Patrick to do the one-on-one initial consultation. Uh, you know, I somehow found the podcast. I don't know how, but I started listening to it a lot. And I was like, I like this guy. He's like my buddy. Like I felt simpatico with you, but to like call somebody you don't know to like do something over the internet was a big stretch for me. And to think about spending money on it was a stretch. And then I realized like, Investing in myself, first of all, you eat less food, so you're going to save money. (laughs) But it was a big stretch to do it on this like kind of anonymous internet thing. But I I can't say like how great it was of a decision for me to do it. And the community is incredible. I mean, twice a week to have these group calls, which I still get on at least one of them a week, is very big because these people who I've never met, are like my buddies and we're like working together on the same goals and it seems a little weird that you never met these people in person but it, it really it works if you know worked for me at least. so i highly recommend if you're thinking about it to uh have the faith that it can be real can work. yeah it is a great group of people and and you're right i feel like you guys are kind of my family in a way you know because we do spend a lot of time together And not only do I do all these one-on-one calls where you and I spend a lot of time together over the last six months or so, but then we do the group calls where we all come together and, and can kind of share what's going on, share wins, you know, ask questions and kind of, other people, they go through almost the same thing you go through. It's like, we're not all that different. Most of us, and we each have our own issues, but there's a lot of similarities. So to hear that someone else is struggling with something uh similar helps a lot because then a lot of the people have strategies that you can adopt yeah and i remember cracking up last week because somebody else shared a story of injuring themselves golfing right before their race right and i was like and pete you were just like cracking up because you're like yeah i did the same thing and lesson here is like just stay away from golfing you guys okay it's it's a dangerous (laughs) sport it's apparently very dangerous (laughs) 
Um, good stuff. Anything else you want to share, Pete? This has been awesome. Thank you for being here and sharing all this stuff with us. Oh, good. And, you know, thank you for your work, Patrick. I know you do. You've been working on this a long time, and you're very thoughtful, and you put a lot of time into this. And uh, you know, I'm just grateful for what you do, and it's really working. So that's all. Just uh, gratitude towards you, and acknowledgement of all your hard work that goes into as well. Yeah, well, I'm just over here yammering on about stuff. You're the one actually doing the work. You know, you showed up, you made a decision that you were going to conquer this 50K, you were going to lose the 30 pounds. You made that decision, which is really important. And you said it was a little bit scary because who's this guy, this random guy from the internet or whatever. But you made that decision. Um, you committed to the process, you know, which was, I'm going to change the way I'm doing things because what you yeah. were doing wasn't working for you. It was, you were having the opposite effect. You were getting slower, you were gaining weight, you were feeling terrible. Like you needed to shift that, you know? And that takes a commitment and that is scary because you're getting into uncharted territory when you do that. You know, you're like, I don't know if it's gonna work or not. You know, I don't know what's gonna happen here. But you committed to the process and anybody listening to this, if you just do that part right there, if you commit to the process, like I know this is what I want for myself, here's the goals that I have for myself, they're very clear, very measurable goals, and then you commit to that process of change, I guarantee you can get there, as long as you don't quit. Like the only way you can really fail, kind of like with the 50K, is if you just quit, you get on the van. But if you keep going, you'll finish, right? So, so true. just keep coming back every time you fall off. It's like, okay, well, I fell off. Well, I'll go back on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you did the work, and I'm proud of you for showing up for yourself, for making that commitment to yourself, for making that decision that this is what you wanted for yourself, and then just doing it and, like, continually sticking with it, even though it was hard sometimes, even though it was a struggle sometimes. You didn't Thank give you. up. You kept going. And... I can't wait to hear about your next 50K. I want to I want to hear about how you crush your your last time on that. You know? Yeah, I'll keep posted for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again, Pete, for everything. Thanks for being here. I really appreciate it. Right, you're welcome. Thank you, Patrick. So a lot of runners who struggle to lose weight wonder if coaching is a good fit for them. I'm going to be very honest about this. Coaching is a good fit for you if you are willing to go all in on yourself. You have to be willing to commit to the process of change. You have to be willing to get uncomfortable. You have to be willing to give it everything you've got. The people in my program who do amazingly well are the ones who go all in on themselves. There are a few people who don't do so well, and those are the people who kind of half-ass it, right? You cannot expect to accomplish anything of value in your life by half-assing it. You just can't. You have to full-ass everything you do. <laughs> so if you're ready to commit to becoming the most badass version of yourself, then you're ready for the coaching project. That's my lifetime access weight loss coaching program for runners. Just go to runningleancoaching.com slash join to learn more. That's all I got for you today. Love you all. Keep on running lean and I'll talk to you soon.